Greetings and salutations, Bob Nation. Welcome to another exciting installment of Just a Podcast. One of my favorite movies is Harold and Kumar Go to White Castle. And one of the uh, underlying themes of that movie is the pursuit... Uh, is worthwhile to get what you really, really want. You know, so they're they're all about getting uh, White Castle sliders. You know, so it's like a whole adventure sort of thing. But you know what, though? That really resonated with me. And... Uh, Today was a good reminder of that for me, all right? All right, so it is, um, Saturday, September the 9th, okay? And so, first thing this morning, I'm getting up 6.30, quarter seven, so I can get to... Norlo Park in Chambersburg for the Home Run Derby. Okay. All right. So uh, I'm I'm there. And in my uh, haste to get to where I need to be on time, I uh, forego breakfast. Okay. So uh, concession stand opens. Softball complex at Norlo Park. I go over, get myself a hot dog, and it's like 9 a.m., and I'm like, all right, that'll, that'll satisfy, you know, the gut for a while. Uh, all right, so uh, uh, noon comes around. I leave the Home Run Derby. I have a remote at uh, the parking lot of the Valley Mall outside J.C. Penney's for essential food sales. I got to be there by 1.00. So, break down the Bob tent, pull up the truck, load it up, hit the road. So, I'm going from Fayetteville. So, like, just beyond the most easternest edge of uh, Chambersburg, okay? Uh, 281, and it just hitting 81 south and gunning it straight due south to Hagerstown. Okay, so I get to Hagerstown, and, uh, you know, because things have been uh, very hectic, (laughs) I think is the right word to say there, Uh, I swung into the uh, the liquor store there outside the mall, got a couple of bottles of water, and uh, went around to the, uh, where the essential food sales were set up, looked for the, uh, the big trucking tent, and uh, got set up there, and <laughs> about, uh, oh, oh, you know, at, at some point in the proceedings, I want to say that it was between one and two, although it makes, like, zilch difference. <laughs> I get a, uh, a Facebook ad for uh, BJ's Brew Pub, and of course there is... 
A, BJ's location on the uh, Valley Mall property. This is not a coincidence, but I see this, like, this picture of this, like, fantastic pizza. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, uh, kind of jonesing for pizza. <laughs> anyway, you know, so I thought, all right. Well, what I can do is I can order a pizza and go pick it up on my way out. And then by the time the remote ended, I was like, well, you know what? I, I'm i not going to do that. That seems like too much trouble. I'm just going to go into the mall food court. I'm going to go to Rose Pizza. I'm going to get a couple slices and take them with me, which was a good idea in practice. Right, uh, a number of years ago, and I've I've mentioned this before here and there, but a number of years ago, I worked for uh, Wells Fargo. All right, and they had a, a facility in Frederick, Maryland, and it was uh, initially located close to the uh, Francis Kaki Mall. So I went there for lunch a lot. And there was a store, a place, a Rosa Pizza, there, and they did your 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 basic New York style pizza, you know, like any random pizza joint in New York, you know, would so. And I loved it, man. I and I ate lunch there a couple times a week. <laughs> Probably not the greatest idea, but I was very. Bummed out when the Sbarro uh, location in the Valley Mall closed. But I was very excited when uh, Rosa Pizza opened up there. Because like I said, I mean, their place in Frederick, I ate there too many times to count. I mean, like dozens, if not hundreds of times. And so uh, I went in there today. You know, I grab a couple of slices and, and, and be on my way, and they sucked, man. <laughs> they sucked. The guy was like, uh, the guy behind the counter was like, uh, you know, you want a drink? And I, I wasn't, I didn't need a drink. I had a bottle of club soda. So I was, you know, I was good there. It was like, <laughs> you don't want tequila? <laughs> I'm like... Not this trip, boss. I mean, he was kidding. I mean, I knew that much. So I'm eating the pizza. I'm like, yeah, it's okay. You know, pizza is one of those things. It's like sex. You know what I mean? Even when it's not that great, it's still pretty good. You know? That's my experience with pizza anyway. And this was not even that. It was just not. So, I, I mean, I ate it, but I was like. It was like a wasted meal. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you, you have a bad meal and you're like, man, you know, I just I just spent this meal eating something that was like totally succola and it could have been good. I feel cheated, man. I feel ripped off. I feel like this good meal that I should have had, I don't know what happened to it. It went to someone else or, or what? It disappeared into the void. I have no idea, but it didn't go to me. And, uh, so, 
I go back to the, the radio station. Uh, and the Essential Foods remote, it was great. And I mean that sincerely. We had a uh, pretty good turnout. And uh, a lot of people coming over and telling me that they are... Uh, you know, listeners to the uh, the station and the essential foods guys, always fantastic to work with. Cannot stress that enough. So anyway, it's it's you know, I we pack up, I go back to the radio station, and I'm heading home, and uh, I'm like, man, <laughs> I just feel so disappointed, you know. So I go to the uh, the grocery store because I need a couple of things. Uh, I need uh, like uh, mozzarella cheese. I need some uh, pepperoni and whatever. So I go to the uh, supermarket and uh, while I'm there, I'm looking at the uh, at, you know the um, like hungry man dinner kind of things. And I see the like the banquet like it's like uh, the fried chicken breast with uh, the macaroni and cheese, and I look at it. I'm like, well, this is this a, that's a big calorie commitment because it's like six hundred some calories or another. But at, you know, by the same token, I've always felt, and I've I've told you this before, that you should not uh, like deprive yourself. Um, cause if you do, uh, it, it generally leads to big time failure. You know, it's like you, you, you're center your whole thing. I can't have pizza no matter what it's done. I cannot have pizza. And, uh, in the process of depriving yourself of pizza, you become obsessed with pizza. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like your uh, your thoughts begin to uh, completely revolve around pizza, and before long, all you want is pizza. So the 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 realization that I came to, and this might seem very obvious to you, but the realization that I came to is: you want pizza? Have pizza. Pizza tastes good. Eating stuff that tastes good makes you feel good. You don't need any more reason than that. You just gotta be mindful about your portions. You know, I'm I'm somebody that could at one point not so long ago sat down and ate a whole pizza by myself I'm not proud of this but it is part of my history okay and I tell you that to tell you this there's a re- there's a reason behind all of this stuff these behaviors and and things that we do you know uh, for me is very much a clear cut kind of a straight line you know this tastes good and makes me feel good to eat it and so I want more of it and that's true I'm sure for many many other people you know but uh, I went that route of like trying to deprive myself 
of things, and all it does is makes you focus that much more on that thing. And and so you're, in a way, you're dooming yourself to failure, you know? Uh, you know, you spend, you spend all day thinking about pizza... At, at at some point, you're going to really want a pizza. And there's going to be like this tipping point where nothing else is going to scratch that itch, you know? You've become so consumed with the idea of pizza that only pizza will satisfy you. At that point, you must... Have some pizza, you know, because hey, have a have a couple slices of pizza and uh, get it out of your system. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's better than like depriving yourself for a week straight and then ordering a pizza and eating a whole thing in one sitting, which I've done, and I, I'm sure some of of you listening have done. Yeah, not to shame anybody, because that's not what we're here for. But I, I'm going to be honest with you, with respect to like human failings, you know, and things like that. Hey, you can't be too hard on yourself. All right, we're all subject to human weakness, and it's nothing to be ashamed of. You know what I mean? Like. Hey, man, cut yourself some slack, okay? Because the thing is, perfectionism is ultimately futile because perfect lies beyond the scope of human imagining. We don't really understand perfect, and we cannot achieve it. And we convince ourselves that we can. We are fooling ourselves. We cannot. It is beyond. But you know what though? There's something special and something magical. And something really amazing about the human race. That we still try. We still try. To achieve perfection. Even though we know. It is impossible. And it is impossible. Now, to have a perspective like that, does that make me a nihilist or a realist? That's a slippery slope because reality, (laughs) believe it or not, is something that very few people seem to be able to agree about. And so everyone has their own perspective regarding reality and what does and does not qualify. And I understand that, particularly because I am an American. I was born in the seat of independence, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the greatest city on the planet Earth. And so, you know, 
like pretty much everybody else, I have bashed my head against the uh, the barrier of my own limitations, uh, perceived and 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 actual. You know, because no matter how positive your mental outlook might happen to be, you do have your limitations, and I do, and everybody does. And that is just part of what makes us human. So, we have a constant drive to better ourselves, to be more than what we are. Is this a futile notion? Possibly. Maybe. Yes. Alright, it's totally futile. It's futile AF. But you know what? I love that we, and by we I mean the human race, human beings, you and me, us all, are striving to be more than what we are. We strive to be more. And perhaps that is the thing that separates us as humans from those that we classify as animals. Because you know and I know, we humans, we think we're better than animals. We think we're different. We are not different. We ain't different, all right? Get that thought out of your mind. Just banish it. We're animals too. We're just different. We're not better. We're not more advanced or anything like that. We just went in a different direction. Are we unique for building? No. Beavers build. Lots of animals build. We've developed more tools. Okay. Check mark there for you know, credit for that. But honestly, we're just animals. And I feel like we need to remind ourselves of that more often because we frequently forget and the thing about human beings in my experience is that we are we're masters of our domain as long as we are in our domain okay you take a human being out of their comfort zone and things begin to get real very quickly. And nobody wants that. One thing that I have given a lot of thought to, probably too much thought, uh, uh, but it's, uh, you know, the order of things in nature... 
and how animals kill one another all the time happens every day and is not considered unusual in any way this is fascinating to me because we as humans we regard ourselves as different and my opinion and it really is my opinion I don't have scientific backing or anything like that but my opinion is we are no different you know so we made concrete and we made computers and we made you know we we made stainless steel that's great but we're still animals <laughs> you know i and there uh, constant uh, speculation about the presence of other forms of life in uh, outer space and I'm definitely divided on that one. You know, on the one hand, it would be pretty amazing for there to be some other extraterrestrial species out there that, you know, we were able to make contact with and, you know, whatever comes from that. But at the same time, I, I always, I'm afraid that, uh, you know, I, I okay, I'll, I'll, I'll let me give you a, a, an, a, an analogy. I saw a meme that says uh, uh, the world thinks of America as America thinks of Florida. And I was like, ooh, man, that is a gut punch, you know, but it's probably true. And the thing about living in the USA is that you tend to, because of the size of the country and uh, infrastructure and, you know what I'm saying, you know, you tend to kind of be kind of plan it down in your spot, wherever it is. And for me, it is uh, Greencastle. And it it kind of feels like home to me now. <laughs> you know, for, for a person like me who identifies so strongly with Philadelphia. Philadelphia is my hometown. It is the greatest city on earth. And I will never be convinced otherwise. I've lived in Greencastle for a lot of years. And it feels like home. You know, when I come, when I'm on vacation, like when I went to the Jersey Shore, I went to Philly, I went to a bunch of places uh, from, you know, the course of uh, my life and, and, I was coming back here to Greencastle, and it was like going home. It is going home. This is home. So, so that's pretty cool. You know, I'll tell you something about me. My family and I moved from Philadelphia to Columbia, Maryland 
in the summer of 1983, I was nine years old. Okay. And that's where I grew up, Howard County, Maryland. And a really, really, I cannot stress this enough, a really great place to grow up. And I feel like I was very fortunate. But you know what? At the same time, I always felt like what, how would it have been if I had remained in Philadelphia for all those years, you know? And that's a pointless, it's a, it's a pointless, uh, notion, you know, because there's no way that you can go back and check, you know? So it's, it's just speculation, but I know that, you know, my father had the, uh, uh, the best interest of the family when, when we moved. And so I can't, I can't be mad about that. I can't, I can't, I can't even question that. You know, that seems really solid <laughs> to me. So, it, it, for, for, for me, it was, it was, and I've, you know, I've talked about this before, but it was a kind of a, a culture shock. And, uh, but a challenge. And the one thing that was great about, Living in Columbia, Maryland as a kid, for me anyway, was the fact that the whole town is like lousy with bike trails. They're all over the place. Like the main roads, the secondary courts and everything are all linked together by the bike trails. And if you were a curious and enterprising kid as I was, then you made it a goal to see as many of those paths as you could. And I did that. And it was great. It was like endless, endless days. Uh, you know, I remember, I've, I remember it so vividly. My bike, I had this mountain bike, right? It was a 20 inch mountain bike. So it was a mountain bike that was like the size of a BMX bike because most mountain bikes were 24 inch wheels. My father had a bike like that. Mountain bikes, 24 inches. But my bike was 20 inches. It was smaller. And I mean, I got it. I was 12 or 13 when I got it, you know, so I, I rode this bike for a few years. And then when I was 15, I got into skateboarding and that was all she wrote. <laughs> but, uh, I had this, it was a five-speed 20-inch mountain bike, and I rode it all over. And the thing was, you could get between just about any two places in Columbia, Maryland, through the use of the bike paths alone. That's how extensive they are. And I think that's awesome. I mean, I, I'm, one of the things that... I, I would change with respect to where I live now is there's no sidewalks here. 
So walking to places is very difficult and dangerous. And I would, uh, you know, one of the things I, I, about living in cities, because I've, li- I've lived in cities on and off for the last bunch of years. You know, I lived in Baltimore. I lived in the city of Baltimore. Uh, later, I lived in Frederick, Maryland. I lived in Hagerstown. And uh, the thing that I loved about living in Frederick and then in Hagerstown was there were sidewalks everywhere and you could get anywhere on foot. And so where where I am now, you know, you take your life in your hands when you're walking because you're walking down the street. <coughs> That's a cough, pardon that. But you know what I mean? Like, there's no... So I have this uh, vest. It's like a... Uh, it's like one of those uh, safety patrol <laughs> things. You know what I mean? Like a suspenders. But it's like high-vis and reflective. Which uh, I'll throw that on when I walk around here at night. And sometimes... That's necessary. I said in last month's podcast about five grand on the hoof, which I mean getting 5,000 steps as early in the day as you can manage. And that's still a goal of mine. But life interrupts. You know, for example, I had two appearances today. I had the Home Run Derby, and I had the uh, remote with Essential Food Sales. So, not much downtime. In fact, no downtime. So, I was walking in circles around the Bob truck. Bob Force 2. I will not call that replacement. Bob Force 1. Bob Force 1 is retired. And don't believe the hype if anybody tells you otherwise. Okay? In any case. So I'm just walking around aimlessly in this parking lot. It's uh, the Valley Mall parking lot outside JCPenney. And I'm sure... (laughs) I'm sure you can at least picture, if you have not been, you can at least picture where I'm talking about. So I'm just walking around in, in random circles around. Because the, the thing is, with the with the meat sales, uh, I I found that the customers came in bursts. So you would have, you know, several cars pull up, and they would come in, and they would buy, and they would leave. And then, but in between, it was like 15, 20 minutes. And so... Uh, when there was uh, nobody there, I would, uh, you know, walk out from the tent and, you know, it's all it is, man. It's just walking, <laughs> you know, but that's the goal. 10,000 steps a day and there's challenges, you know, because life intervenes and we've 
talked about that before. Life intervenes. It's almost unavoidable, really. And so you, you find workarounds for issues. And you persevere. Because that's really all there is to do. And uh, now I have to say, if you're going to spend, you know, seven hours out in the sun, as I did today, I could not ask for a better day to do it. And I could not ask for better people to be interacting with. And I'm, I'm going to give you, you, Bob Nation, all the credit in the world because you're awesome. You pick me up, you know, when I'm, I'm there, uh, at, at, you know, at the appearance in the tent behind the table. Uh, you, you give me a little lift of energy because you're uh, uh, positivity, man. It's infectious. And it means the world to me. You know, I'm an introverted person. Very much so. And uh, I might make you wonder, well, wow, JB, how the hell did you wind up in radio? Uh, the, the, the short answer is there's a lot of things in radio that I did not know about. But uh, the inverse also applies, that there's a lot of things that I've learned in radio that have been extremely important to me. You know, the life skills that I've learned. I've been in radio 15 years. And maybe more, I don't know. I'm not good with math. But I came to Verstantic Broadcasting, as it was then known, in October of 2007. That's a long time ago, no matter what your yardstick might happen to be. And I feel to a very broad extent that I'm fortunate that uh, I've been accepted to the degree that I have been here. And uh, absolutely, I feel very fortunate. I feel lucky. I feel... Like, what did I do <laughs> to deserve that fortune? But hey, whatever, man. You know, I'm just going to uh, take what I can get. And that's, uh, that is not a bad thing. <laughs> I'll say that much. So, for me, there's always been this sort of element of like uh, uh, like uh, imposter syndrome do you know what I mean like you're not worthy of whatever accolades you might receive but also that you're not good enough to do the things that you do. And, man, that is the worst. It is. It really is awful. And my heart goes out to anybody that's dealing with that. Because it's, it's terrible, man. 
it just it's like a, a kick in the shins you know it'll drop you to your knees and it's very easy to say well you've got to put all of those things out of your mind but it's not so easy to put that into practice and so for the people that are doing that man I feel for you and my heart goes out to you and the people that are trying and failing even more so but if I was gonna sort of boil that down to a point I would say you're worthy you're worth it you're worthwhile you're cool no matter what that dumb voice in your mind might be saying to you because those things work to defeat you and you can't let them because you're better than that you're better than that I don't even know you but I can tell you you're better than that absolutely and I feel like I'm better than that too and so I think for most of us if we've got at least one positive voice to drown out the negative then we're doing good and uh My, uh, I'm not, I don't know if I would call this advice or my recommendation or whatever, but if you encounter somebody who does not have that positive voice, uh, become that. Maybe you can be that positive voice in somebody's life. Maybe you can make that difference. You know, it's it's not that far-fetched. But I think the best thing that we can do, we as, as a human race, the best thing we can do is focus on our similarities, the things that we have in common, the ways... That we are alike. Because there's a lot of those. There's always a lot of those. And we tend to focus so myopically on the areas that were different. And if you're looking hard enough, you can find all kinds of things. That you have uh, as differences with somebody. You know what I mean? If that's what you want, (laughs) you'll find it. You'll discover it. It's there. So uh, perhaps in some instances, uh, finding a commonality is, is a little more difficult. 
But that's good. That's a good challenge. You know? That's a good challenge. You find something. We're all human. And one of the things that really disappoints me with respect to um, media in many cases is this sort of obsessive focus on the things that people the things that divide people you know and I think you have to focus hard to find that because there are more things that we have in common than there are things that divide us. Uh, at least I hope that. I hope that's true. Because uh, the alternative is uh, extremely depressing. And uh, I've seen a lot of Stuff like memes, you know, on the socials saying that, well, modern day America has become a dystopia and we're living the plot of the movie Idiocracy and all kinds of things like that. And I, and I, I will readily acknowledge that there is a certain level of truth <laughs> in those uh, statements. I mean, because to not acknowledge that is n r really not paying attention. You know, if you are at least... Uh, a person who's got your eyes open and is making some attempt to, to be present in the outside world, you're going to see this for yourself. So, I kind of feel like there's a, uh, a spectrum you know, between being, like, totally nihilistic and, like, there's no purpose in anything and saying that, you know, the purpose is what we put into it. Because that's what I think. And I hope that when, when this life is done... You know, when we're gone, I hope there's nothing else. Because <laughs> I'll be honest with you, I am exhausted right now. <laughs> and it may just be a result of the fact that I had a long day today. But uh, the, the idea of... Like somebody... Like I saw a thing... About uh, uh, hauntings. Alright, this was like around the time of uh, the con... Not the conjuring, it was... What was that called? Oh, it'll come to me. But you know what I mean. That one that one movie series that 
with uh, like the hidden cameras and whatnot. And uh, <laughs> it was like, uh, you know, like uh, haunting. It, it's like the the idea is like, uh, you know, you you uh, go through your mortal life, all right, and you're. You know, you work for a living and stuff like that for for years and years, and then you die. And then there's haunting, so it's like you die, and then you have to go back to work. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like, what a bummer. (laughs) That is just terrible, and I, I, I don't wish that on anybody. Certainly not me, so... I feel like... Like a complete sort of like uh, uh, a cessation of existence is good. It's like you're relieved permanently. You know the the whole concept of nothingness is really and truly and honestly incredibly attractive to me the whole idea I'm, I'm gonna be really honest with you right now but the whole idea of an afterlife scares me half to death because it's like wow this is one more thing that I'm gonna have to prove myself worthy of and probably fail and that might seem very self-defeating and I'll admit that it is hey look I've been living with me a long time I know how I am but you know what I mean though it's like like you live your whole life you die and then you gotta go back to work and what kind of reward is that I hope with every fiber of my being that it's not true. But that's all we can do is speculate. And that's... It's scary, but it's scary because we as humans have turned it into something frightening. You know? Like... Do animals wonder about that sort of thing? I wonder, but I've got to think probably they don't. You know, animals... uh, To which we're not separate. I want to, again... (laughs) I want to make sure that I make that clear. But, you know, animals... They don't think about this stuff the same way that humans do. And I feel like that's some kind of freedom for them. You know, it's like a, a, a it's like they've been excused from this burden, this burden that we as humans have 
knowingly placed upon ourselves. Like, why? It's... There's no good end to that. Now, the thing that really troubles me more than anything else is that it's just completely uncertain. And when you've had somebody close to you die, it just hammers that home even more. And I'm sure most, if anybody's even still listening at this point, that you have probably suffered some kind of loss in your own life. And what happens to the people we care about once they're gone? Is it just like, you know, like total, like nothingness? Do you just like cease to be? Is it just like, that's it? We don't know. We don't know. And and what's more, we don't know when we're going to find out. Because we're going to find out when we die. We don't know when that's going to be. You know, there, I mean, there are certain persons who uh, make their own sort of arrangements. And, and that's a totally separate topic. But for a lot of us, uh, you know, we don't know when, how, the situation, the circumstances, you know, that's all just question marks. And uh, so I think about people, you know, if you live to be... 70, 80 years old. You've had a long life by human standards. Uh, so, I might miss the absence of your presence. But, you know, if somebody that's 70, some, 80, some years old uh, passes away, well, it's probably their time. I mean, I think. And so... The best thing perhaps you can do in that circumstance is to just let go. But I've had people close to me, especially in the last 18 months. Uh, people who are younger than myself... You know, it's funny how we, we regard ourselves as kind of the median. But, I mean, I'm 49 years old as of this past July. So, you know, that's, a, that's perhaps on the upper end of the median. <laughs> as much as it pains me to admit that, uh, probably so. And so I think the older you get, certainly in my case, the older you get, the more you consider death as a concept and also the inevitability of it it's coming for all of us it's coming for me it's coming for you it's coming for your kids and your grandkids and everybody alike 
we're all going to die. There's going to come a time when every person alive on earth right now is dead. And that's okay. That is the natural order of things. It's nothing to... You know what I mean? It's nothing to make a big deal about. We as humans have turned the concept of death into a big deal. And I hate that. I do. I hate that. You know, the inevitability of it. It's going to happen. Why dread it? But I do. I dread it. And it's not... You know, look, look. I am not somebody that enjoys being in pain. Alright, some people do. I am not one of them. I just want to clear that up right now. Just, you know, get it right out of the way. So, it's not really the, the the, the idea of death itself that frightens me. It's the possibility of a bad death that frightens me. A painful death. A protracted death. You know what I mean? Something that takes a long time and hurts a whole lot. I don't want that. You probably don't want that. The ideal situation is you close your eyes and never open them again. You know? painless or, or, or so it would appear but again this is something that I've not been through and perhaps you've not been through some people have and I have to give some certain amount of credence to the idea that a near death experience is in fact near death you know what I mean like Having a near-death experience actually is near-death. And that's pretty heavy, I know. And it's all just useless speculation, and I understand that too, but really, we're... If you want to really think closely about it, we're clinging to a big round rock that's spinning and whirling around a star. <laughs> Isn't that ridiculous? I mean, think about it. All right, I, I want you to consider the place of the human race on the planet Earth okay the planet earth is this spinning blue green ball that's just sort of hurtling its way around the sun alongside eight other planets yeah I said eight okay spare me this dwarf planet stuff Pluto has not changed it's a planet and that's all I'm going to say about that. But anyway, as far as we know, we of course being the human race on Earth, there is no uh, life 
currently present on any other planet in the solar system. So, why? what made the Earth so special? And that's a, a, a fascinating question that I'm sure I will get into at some point, but not now. You're welcome. But it's like every question just uh, begets more questions. And uh, I took Philosophy 101 when I was in college. And I made a B for the semester. But when it was over, I could not tell you one single thing that I learned. And that's the truth. I mean, the fact is, life is inexplicable. It's inexplicable to everyone. The people who look like they have it so together, they're fumbling around in the dark just like you and I. And I find so much comfort in that thought, and maybe that's uh, a petty. I'll admit it, that's petty. But I do find a great deal of comfort in the idea that we're not alone. You know, as humans, we have each other. We're one giant gang. And we are a force to be reckoned with. The problem is that a lot of people don't seem to understand that. That they have become so focused on the differences between groups that they lose sight of the similarities and that's tragic because we humans as a species we got a lot going for us and uh, you know I feel like you know uh, People will say, and this is another thing that you will see a lot of on the socials, you know, uh, like this is a dystopia. And I don't feel like this is a dystopia. In fact, there was a, a moment when I was sitting there this afternoon in the Valley Mall parking lot outside JCPenney with Central Food Sales. And I, I distinctly thought, you know, this is a really good time to be alive. This is a good day, and I'm glad I'm here. And I think about my friends that are not here now. And I grieve for them for just a moment. And, uh, and that's hippie bob particularly I uh, I miss her very much and I you know it's yeah, it's up and down as it is when you lose someone close to you but in this case someone who's 
best years would have still lay in the future. That's a hard pill to swallow. It really is. It's it's very tough to take. But uh, it really, the only positive that I can get out of it is I hope if there is no afterlife that her pain's over that's done it's finished that gives me hope and that might uh, it might seem a little odd but uh, I have struggled to make sense out of this for many months now. And the best thing that I've come up with is cherish the people that are important to you because you don't know when they're going to be gone. And they can be gone at any time. So while they're here... And while you're here, let them know what they mean to you. Do it. Do it today. You know? Do it today. And uh, that's going to do it for me. This has been just a podcast. I will join you once again on the 20th of October. Where's the year gone? It's kind of terrifying. Uh, But thank you for listening. If you're still with me, I appreciate it so very much. You know, the concept behind just a podcast is that we don't have a concept. I turn the mic on and I tell you what I'm thinking. So if you are still with us, then I appreciate that more than I could possibly express. So thank you much. I'll be back with you three to seven (laughs) weekdays. And uh, the next just a podcast episode coming up 20th of October. Again, thanks. See you around.